My Turn podcast, a gaming podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings. My name's Jem and I'm joined today by my honorary sibling, Tim. Hello. Hi, Jem. <laughs> Hello, nice to see you. Thanks for having me back on this lovely sunny afternoon. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? We're getting spring coming along now. It's lovely, but what this means is that in all honesty, my um, video game playing is probably going to reduce a little bit as I explore the great outdoors, but my desire for board gaming is going to oh, increase. Hell to the hell yeah. I totally concur. Um, I can't wait to play board games again. And here in the UK at the moment, are we allowed to play board games yet with people outside of our household? Because we had this weird rule, didn't we? Like when we were being told we could have a lockdown Christmas where we were encouraged not to play board games because we'd be touching all the pieces. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on the board games. I think you have to have games where the pieces are discrete, like battleships, for example, maybe. Yeah, I've actually got that. It's one of the only games that um, Alex, my partner, and I have played uh, while we've been <laughs> locked down because he's not the biggest board game fan. But we did play a really old school version of Battleships. You know you're allowed to touch him though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I? Damn it! He spent months telling me no. <laughs> Any excuse? Think no, of no, the COVID. The said so. Hands <laughs> Damn it! I need to. I need to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I'm still really trying to rattle through a couple of big games um on the old xbox that i want to get done before it gets too warm mm -hmm. uh yeah so i'm going to try and rattle through those and then yeah i agree with you once we can get outside once we're allowed to touch board game pieces again i cannot wait to kind of have a picnic and a big board game sesh yeah i cannot wait to touch your pieces <laughs> Well, as we've just heard, that'll be the most action I've had in over a year. So thank you, Tim. I look forward to the day. You're <laughs> so um, should, we, should we review some games? This is a gaming yeah. podcast after all. Uh, so we are going back to our standard podcast format where each of us have played a game recently. We are going to review it and chat about it. And why don't we start with you, Tim? What game have you got for us today? Okay, so I've been playing with Kitty Letter. Oh, Don't you worry, I've washed my hands. <laughs> wash my hands. Thought you were Government allergic to cats. And all. I am. Uh, pussies make my eyes itch and <laughs> I stop breathing. So um, none of that for me normally. Um, the hairy ones especially. Because uh, um, it gets right up my nose. Anyway, uh, the game I've been playing... Uh, to clarify, Kitty Letter with an E. Yes, Kitty Letter, um, okay. Kitty Letter. So this is a game from The Oatmeal, which is a uh, webcomic and now an expanding business mm -hmm. of many games as well, most famously uh, something like Exploding Kittens mm -hmm. um, and the guy behind that, Matthew Inman. And a partnership with Matt Wood, who is the lead for Double Dagger Studio. So they have released this mobile game, Kitty Letter, in February of this year, both on iOS and Android. It was, in fact, Matthew's lockdown project. Oh, wow! Um, 
Yeah, he said he'd he'd recently moved house uh, on onto an island in Puget Sound, which is sort of Seattle area. And he was like, I realised how isolated I became moving to a little island in a rainy <laughs> place in lockdown. And so I decided to attempt some coding. And so he's made this mobile game. Ah, okay. So we know a bit, I mean, you and I have both played a few of the other oatmeal produced games, like as mentioned, um, Exploding Kittens and Bears v Babies. Um, what was your expectation of this game going in? So my expectation, I'll start with the negative, is oh. that I very rarely play mobile games. Okay. I don't like mobile games in general, as a rule. Um, and I'll let I'll let Matthew explain why in a, in a moment, actually, because <laughs> I might as well. I, so I don't like mobile games uh, there. I find them very annoying. But I do like word games of which this is a word game, very much so. In fact, the only permanent mobile game I have on my phone is the Countdown app. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but also, I love the oatmeal. I love the comics. I love the adorable illustration style, yeah. cartoon style. I love the information, the informative um, uh, pieces he does as well, explaining mm. stuff about science. And I love the humour that comes with it. It's naughty, but it's not too gross. You know, I, I just think it's all very adorable. So I thought, should I give this game a go? And I looked at the statement that um, the oatmeal put out about the game. And this explains why I also do not like mobile games. Uh -huh. So he said, I hate free to play games. I hate games built entirely around player retention and tricking people into keeping the app open as long as possible. I hate coins, currencies, chests, and other money printing schemes disguised as fun. For Kitty Letter, I tried to just make the game as enjoyable as possible. This means that sometimes the chapters are long and almost seem to be discouraging you from playing. There's an entire <laughs> chapter built around slapping a trout in order to defrost it. <laughs> <laughs> and some musical deer that make sexy groans for way too long. I tried to just build a short-lived, likeable game rather than a mediocre game stretched across months of free-to-play garbage mechanics. Some naughty language coming up. Okay. F fuck retention. Fuck in-game currencies. Embrace the trout, I say. Embrace the groaning deer. <laughs> so with a statement like that, how could you not give it a go? Um, but yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I agree with all that yeah. stuff. That's what I don't like about mobile gaming. It's just gamification. It's not a game. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And the only mobile games I have played are ones that I've just bought. So uh, that don't have that because you've just mm -hmm. bought it. You've paid one ninety nine or 250 or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, so what is this game about in a nutshell? <laughs> so he sort of describes it as words with enemies. Um, it's, it, it doesn't have a scrubber board. It's more like you have a selection of letters that you have to create words from. So it's more like boggle in that sense at its core, but there's a, a competitive element to it in that when you create words, it turns them into exploding cats that you then oh. send out of your house to your neighbor's house and your neighbor is doing the same. Uh, likewise and they can send kind of exploding cats in your direction so it's got a little bit of that i can't i'm sure there are many games that have that dynamic where they're sending killer things towards you mm -hmm. but plants versus zombies mm -hmm. comes to yep. mind as an example yep. it's not as complicated as that but you see what i mean you form words you send things out to to the other side to either protect you or to attack the other person 
Um, along with that, uh, you may have heard the uh, the pooping deer thing. These are deer that cross your path and then will drop bonuses. So if you send your cats out, you can collect bonuses as well. Like, oh. um, a ho- like a hoover that will eliminate a, a row of cats that are coming towards you or a fork in the road that makes them split. That kind of thing, for example. Uh, you should also be aware of the spider pug. which is adorable i already know what this will look like without even looking at it because i'm quite familiar with the with the artwork (laughs) yeah the artwork is so distinctive it's got all the typical tropes you expect from the oatmeal so the spider pug will scramble your opponent's letters um there's a zombie round there's even a round where you can journey inside your own body to fight sickness (laughs) like in a space like in a space, exactly. So um, that's, <laughs> that's sort of how a film from There's... the eighties. For anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> oh yeah, I just assumed everyone <laughs> would know what that is. They won't, will they? No, um, we're old, Tim. You forget that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's two main modes you can play it in. You can play it as uh, like an online multiplayer, either with a random person or with a friend by inputting a mm-hmm. code. But there's also a campaign mode, uh, which is the main story mode which is by far the better experience mm-hmm. of the two. So that's that's in a nutshell. I will go into detail, a bit more detail, I suppose, about what the story mode is in what I like. Yeah, so is this a basically a turn-based castle defence, if you want to kind of sum up no, the style both, of game? You both play at the same time. Oh, you're playing it's at live. the same time. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's, so you've got to move quickly. Like right. you have to be forming your words rapidly, like when you've got a minute in Boggle, for example. Oh, you okay. Find as many words as you can. Oh gosh. Oh, okay. So the stakes are higher than what I thought. Oh, okay. The stakes are high. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about what you really liked about this game. What are the kind of standout positives? So by far, it's the campaign mode. It's the story that they've put together. You would expect nothing less uh, from the oatmeal. It's yeah. essentially twelve comics. Uh, put into a game so every level it's not and here's the new mechanic there's a little story that goes with it and of course the stories are ridiculous Um, so the story begins with you uh, finding out that you have a a neighbor who has a caravan across the other end of the lawn and he's described as a crazy cat man (laughs) he keeps sending exploding cats to your house so this is the premise of what you have to battle. Fortunately, you have a word vortex in your house. Along with you get a tour of your house and it's like, here's the chair. Do you know what this does? Here's a toilet. Do you know what this does? Here's the word vortex. Are you familiar with the word vortex? <laughs> um, That's really so, funny. so the onboarding is the core of the game. Right. It's so fun. Um, so you learn how to do that and defend your house. And then, of course, you know, more kind of spanners get thrown into the mix. But you have to do things like, he said there was a round where you slap a trout. So he wants to cook the trout and you have to, it's it's one of those stupid sort of tap games that yeah. they're taking the mick out of. You keep doing it and it doesn't move from 1% for a good 20 seconds. You're like, oh, surely not. And then of course, you know. And then it does, right. Um, yeah. But you know, you can actually cook meat by slapping it. Yeah, it's something to do with like breaking down the fibers. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone I saw someone build a stupid machine of this. It was like a a, a hand that kept coming around and slapping the meat. And it was like a, I, I built a machine like to slap to my meat to cook it. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you think all this was inspired by Monty Python? I mean, very possibly. I don't know how, how far, how far back meat slapping goes. It's not slapping someone with a fish, to be clear. You are slapping the fish so you can eat it. But, but it comes back to bite you. So this is what causes you to be sick and you have to go oh, inside your body too much and fish slap- fight the fish bugs. Slapping. Too much too much fish slapping, exactly. <laughs> there's another, there's another uh, round which introduces you to the deer bonuses where um, you get the option to buy like a $40 um, album of deer groaning to sexy Barry White music. <laughs> again, it plays for far too long. So if, you've, uh, if you're the kind of person who would play a mobile game in public with the sound on, just be wary. Uh, I mean, don't do that anyway, because it's annoying, but that would serve you right. Um, so there's, there's lots of examples, I think, through the way they tell that story and the way the game itself is created, whether it's completely free, there is no leveling up or any of that sort of stuff, which makes it an anti-mobile game. Right. So mobile game as the antithesis of what most mobile yeah. games are. And that's the light in which I view this experience is I'm looking at someone who doesn't like mobile games and I can now kind of play this experience. So um, what I love about it is that it, for me, it's closer to a commentary on games than a game right. itself. The game is fun. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed playing the game, but you can play any version of that word game somewhere else. Probably yeah. the point of playing this one is have a look at what this guy doesn't like about it and how he's sort of satirizing it. Ah, That's what I really sounds enjoyed. really clever. Mm-hmm. And joyful. I mean, yeah, it really, it's so funny. Um, and I so say you can play the campaign in probably an hour, let's say, okay. maybe, maybe under, and then you can be done with it. You know, you can be like, that was a great experience. I didn't pay anything. I had a laugh. I had a bit of a game. Um, it was lovely. Okay. Um, and is there anything about the game that you found less positive or... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the multiplayer experience is quite difficult to to get going and to synchronize. It's a bit clunky. Like I tried it a couple of times. You have to exchange uh, passcodes out of the app on, on something else because you can't kind of come back in and out and it was difficult to know where the other person's connected. Um, oh. So the, the connection issues were a little bit tricky, but I did give it a go a few times and it did it did make us laugh and it was quite fun. It's just that it's not, it feels like it's a, an extra, it feels like it's an add-on to the experience. It wouldn't keep me coming back to the app to play the multiplayer experience. I'd rather play the campaign experience again, mm. which probably tells you something. Mm. Um, the other thing is that the mix of letters you get is not infinite or random. So okay. I don't think they've put a whole dictionary in there, for example. I think okay. there's a finite set of um, arrangements for the letters they've got in that. Because I did play the campaign again prior to doing this from the first time I played it. And I noticed some repetition in the letters. Uh... I was like, oh, I remember that word from last time. I remember that from last time. So... It's um, it's not you know truly as random as it could be, and um, there's a there's a, a a device as well whereby obviously you can get to the end of possibilities that you have mm-hmm. for your letters, especially if you're playing against someone else because 
there's a, a mechanic whereby you can't repeat words. So if they've already oh, okay. input a word, you can't have it. So at some point you're going to run out and it then refreshes and turns into new letters. But I feel like it can take quite a long time. So... The, you mean you the actual refreshing process? Yeah. The, the, yeah. It takes a long time to kick in to say, okay, we'll refresh your letters because you're uh, not doing okay. anything. Like maybe it's 10 seconds where it could be five. Right. And the reason why that's a bit of a mechanic problem, I feel, is because I'll give you an example. Let's say I want to rapidly, um, you know, do as many words as I can think of. And they all begin with the letter P and then I move on to something else. And all my um, words go in attack. If your um, opponent is attacking you with a word starting beginning with P, you have to have one beginning with P to go back at them. Um, right. So it's not just okay. any word. It goes it goes in different lanes depending okay. on what letter it starts with. Now, if I've been really kind of enthusiastic about something to begin with and they, they come back with another letter and I haven't got any more words, I could wait almost the duration of their cat coming towards me until... My selection refreshes. Oh, yeah, of course, because the whole time the cat is getting closer. Yes. Ah. So it means that you find yourself not going as fast as you might want to in terms of your word selection because you're always holding a couple back in case you need to fight back. It's And it's like an extra layer of complication maybe you don't need in the game. Yeah, that seems strange. Ah. So there are a couple of little mechanics that weren't quite right for me. None of that detracted from the campaign experience, though. Okay, all right. Well, that's good to know. And did you find that it was accessible? I mean, you're really good at Scrabble and, uh, you know, word-based games, figuring mm -hmm. stuff out with random letters. Would this be accessible to someone who finds sort of anagrams and things like that a bit trickier? Yeah, it, abs it absolutely is because... Um, I mean, first of all, you can guess. <laughs> There's, you know, um, it doesn't penalise you if you get anything wrong. Okay, that's good. So you can, you can keep guessing combinations. And on top of that, there are lots of mechanics which, because I get distracted by trying to form long words, <laughs> my opponent might be like, well, I've just bashed out a few three lesser ones and I managed yeah. to pick up that bonus tool because I was looking at where they were landing. And there you go, have a spider pug. So there are lots of extra mechanics to level the playing field. And it's not just about who can create the longest word or the, or even the most words. There is there is a little bit more strategy to it. So it's okay. totally accessible. And so my favourite thing is that it doesn't penalise you for getting it wrong. Because I think that's quite important. Yeah, yeah. As someone who uh, myself struggles with anagrams and also spelling. Like, I just, certain mm -hmm. words, I really struggle with spelling. So that, that is good to know. Because that would just stress me out otherwise. <laughs> Especially yes. with a cat that's about to explode in my house um coming towards me <laughs> not so good uh, so is there anything that you haven't mentioned already about this game that is worthy of note or like anything else you'd want to highlight there's a there's a couple yeah there's a few things i just want to add on one is that at the end of the game the, your ultimate revenge on your neighbor is you get to write a bad review about them <laughs> on, on badneighbor.com or whatever it asks you to choose uh, like a list of adge adjectives or something and then it puts it into a preformed review. Oh, and so they're funny. really funny. It's a really satisfying way to end the game. And again, it's a satire on yeah. something like a mobile game because it's like, no, you played it, write a review. But it's yeah. not asking you to write a review of the mobile game. It's like write a review of your opponent that is so cruel it reduces them to tears. Oh, and amazing. It's, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good twist on it. Um, 
There was a couple of other things I was going to mention about them. Just that they, I don't know whether you heard about this, but they, uh, the oatmeal were going to put on a festival called Burning Cat. No, I didn't hear about, you heard about this. So this was scheduled to happen in May 2020, got delayed because uh, of the pandemic, obviously. It's, it's postponed indefinitely, but I'm sure it will happen again at some point in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. But it's, <laughs> it's a piss take of Burning Man. Um, yeah. but where everyone gathers together to play board games oh my god can we go and at the end they're going to burn an enormous wooden cat <laughs> i would love to go can we go can we please go that sounds yeah. amazing that sounds like my idea of heaven <laughs> yes, exactly so the um when um when Matthew Inman sort of took a step back from doing the Oatmeal comics to spend more time kind of investing in games and filmmaking as well, um, he got quite a lot of funding uh, from people. And this was one of the main things he was putting his investment into was Burning Cat. So I'm sure it will be back, the investments there. It was quite a lot of money. As well. um, so that's one thing I was going to mention. The other thing is just that they announced that they have, they've just released a new letter based game which is a board game called Ooh. a little wordy and i cannot wait to play it in person uh, it's a similar sort of thing of like you get tiles like scrapple yep. tiles and you have to create a word out of it then what happens is your opponent has to guess the word that you've created from the oh. tile so it's a bit like scrabble and guess who yes. or cluedo and in order to help them you have like cards that you draw, which means you can ask for certain clues by spending berries. And it's the person with the most berries at the end that wins. So it's not necessarily about who's created the longest word or, the, or it's not certainly not the most words. It's who can create a deceptive word and then how who can guess best the word that the what other the person has is. played. Which I think is a great combo of games. He seems to be doing a lot of mashups of things. Yeah. So a little wordy it's called. That is out Oh nah, my gosh! And actually, what is what? What are the it. characters on that? Because all his games have some kind of character at the front and center of it. Yeah, they do, don't they? Um, I've seen little birds. Oh, that um, would make little... sense with the berries. Yes, exactly. Little tweety birds. But there's uh, there's all sorts of things. There's one <laughs> on the, on the card. There's one called a mana tweet. <laughs> um, Yolo dodo. Um. <laughs> That, it sounds like birds, yeah. Di dinosaur. Okay, well, dinosaurs <laughs> are birds. Birds are quid, dinosaurs. Quid pro quail. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all birds. That sounds great. Okay, well, that's going on mm. the Christmas list. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh. oh, there's one more thing. One more thing I'll mention, which is just that um, I'm having a beer. Yeah. And um, I like to drink to theme. So this is an IPA, but it has oats in it. Yeah. Oat, oat, oatmeal. Oatmeal IPA. Oatmeal. Oh, I see. And I forgot, I did this on purpose, and I forgot to mention on the podcast last time when we were doing Assassin's Creed Valhalla that I was purposely drinking, drinking... No, I was drinking a beer with, um, that was made with uh, Kvike yeast, which is a particular strand of yeast to Norway. It's a Norwegian farmhouse yeast. So I just want to say I've been drinking to theme to the games oh, as well. <laughs> well, you get a gold star, Tim, for that. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, so on that note, who would you recommend this game to? I think anyone should play the campaign mode. It's free. It doesn't take long. It's a great satire on mobile gaming. It's a fun game and it's a hilarious uh, comic. So yeah, absolutely anyone. 
yeah, sounds like a no-brainer. I'm gonna I'm gonna download it today. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant! And it's time for the all-important rating. What would you rate this game out of ten? It's so tricky because as as a word mobile game, as a multiplayer game, I think I'd have to go down to like a seven or or maybe even a six for the multiplayer function. But for what it is, it's campaign mode, and for the reason he created it and the joy I got out of playing that, I'd have to go for a nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice caveats there. So hopefully you will understand why those ratings have been applied. Thank you so much, Tim. I really want to play this. And also for anyone, obviously you can't see Tim's face, but while he's been talking about this game, you've just been grinning from ear to ear the whole time. (laughs) I've never seen you so happy when reviewing a game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just delightful. The oatmeal just brings me so much joy. I just think it's so cute and hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. we've been big fans of it for a long time. I'm I'm such a huge fan. I'm always Mm. like, so I feel so blessed that he, actually did a drawing of my old rabbit george like years ago (laughs) like i have a little digital drawing by matthew (laughs) that just like i'm like yay um it's gonna be worth a lot of money one day (laughs) well yeah will it because it's just a digital file don't know yeah it you know all all the uh all the news is full of how much non-fungible tokens are worth these days oh my gosh well I need money. Shall I sell it? No, I don't want to sell it. I love it. No, hold it. on to it. Hold on to it, it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Are you going to tell me about um, yours, please? What are you doing? What are yes. You doing? What have you been playing? So I have been playing a game called Genesis Noir. And I've been playing that on Xbox Series X uh, because it is on the Game Pass. Um, so this game um, is... Uh, noir adventure video game developed by studio feral captain um and in a nutshell it follows uh, the main character who's a little dude called no man as he visits different parts of the universe while trying to save his love um and it was released quite recently on march the 26th and it was released on Windows, Mac OS, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. I don't think it's on PlayStation currently, but um, what I, the reason I kind of picked it up is because it dropped on Game Pass and we had a look at it. And the artwork is really distinctive. So that's kind of what piqued my interest going in. Right. So we've, we've spoken on a previous episode actually about expectations of noir games like particularly reference to film and so forth with the artwork attracting you did that feed into your expectations or was there something else about the game you'd you'd heard yeah so very much the artwork so for myself and my partner we just saw the title tile come up on the game pass um which is the sort of subscription the live gaming subscription we have on xbox and um it just looks really intriguing. So it looks like a sort of film noir comic. So that's the sort of style. It's sort of black, white, and gray. And then all the highlight stuff is in yellow. So the main text is in yellow, but it's just really, it's got a really distinctive look to it. And we're both fans of film noir. So we were like, that looks cool. I wonder if it actually is a sort of film noir game. Um, and then we did look at a couple of reviews without reading them, but just for top line. 
and it looked like it was getting well reviewed because it has only just come out so we were like oh well, we'll give this a go and it looked like a shorter game um so we were like well this is quite a nice game to play kind of together so we expected it to be maybe a sort of puzzly adventure game um something that looked quite cool maybe utilized a bit of um film noir as well yeah in the in the artwork and style so that's what we sort of expected mm-hmm. of it and were those noirish expectations played out in due course or were you betrayed oh well very good <laughs> so um yeah right away you are plunged into this kind of 1940s 1950s kind of cityscape and it's all black and white and you're walking through the crowds with your like hat your little trilby on and there's a bad guy and you kind of look like a detective and then there's a femme fatale straight away so you you get all those elements right away and you're and it seems like at the top of the game you are solving some kind of mystery so yeah, when you start playing the game, you're like, oh, okay, this will be exactly what you think it will be based on the artwork. Um, and also, there is an amazing jazz soundtrack to the whole thing. Ooh, yeah, straight in there with the jazz. <laughs> it's essential. It's essential, it's essential. for any noir experience, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh, sorry. So what can you tell us then about, um, you know, the gameplay and any more of the story, obviously, without giving away the twists? Yeah, right. So this is very much a point and click style adventure game. Um, there's a lot of pointing and clicking. I'll say that. So there isn't a great deal of puzzling or really anything that resembles any game that I've really played before. So um, this is very much a, oh, I guess I'd describe it as a sort of film noir if it were a graphic novel on a digital reader. Mm -hmm. So that very much is the experience going through that you can't really discover anything that the game wasn't going to let you discover anyway. So it's very much going through the motions of the game with very, very minimal elements of very very light puzzle but these are really really minimal um so the game itself is you going through this journey with no man who is your protagonist uh, and very quickly you realize that this is all kind of there's a lot of allegory going on so everything that you see with the three characters this kind of love triangle between no man uh, the femme fatale character who is called miss mass and uh, the antagonist who's called Golden Boy. So those three characters, uh, quickly you realize that they're sort of analogous almost to the Big Bang. (laughs) So there's this whole other thing that very quickly you're like, oh, this is about the Big Bang. The whole game Mm -hmm. is about the Big Bang. So then you're like, okay, Genesis Noir. This is about the beginning of things. And just having a little read about the game um, after I finished it, or just before I finished it, actually, um, uh, I read that the the designers basically were inspired to make this game after reading Italo Calvino's Cosmicomics. So right. they got a, they got very into this kind of idea of 
the beginning of the universe and the visual representations of it and I guess how you can kind of weave that into a story about that's kind of hooked onto characters. So they've basically used those three characters to take you through the story of the beginning of the universe. <laughs> Sounds really you. mad. <laughs> and it kind of is mad. Like this game, um, before I get onto what I liked and didn't like, this game very much is completely unique. I've never played anything like this. Um, it is a, it hasn't really got a narrative that you can really sum up or follow even while you're playing it. You are kind of like, this is more about the experience than it is about a narrative through line. Although there is a narrative through line, that really isn't that clear and it, it doesn't really drive the plot. It's more about picking breadcrumbs up um, that takes you through the story and... It, yeah, it's a really unusual game. It's very hard. Now I'm talking about it, I'm realising how hard it is to describe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a game that sort of unfolds on you rather than having a clear like, oh, this is a mystery. I'm going to pick up clues. You're not really picking up clues, although it's framed in a way that you are, but you're not because as you pick them up, they're just threads about time and the universe and energy that could have come at you in any order, but it's been structured in the way mm -hmm. it has in the game. In, in a sort, in a way, it seems slightly haphazard, the way that elements of story hit you. But yeah, it's a kind of, it's a very sensual experience in mm -hmm. that it's completely of the senses with the music, with the way that the frames of the game are built and layered and transition from one to the other. It's really super unique and very like sensually immersing. Nice, I get it. I yeah. get, you, might, you, might, you might have felt that was difficult to explain, but I'm with you. It sounds very much like a pop-up scrapbook made by Carl Sagan or something. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the um, for anyone who's seen Soul, the Disney Pixar film, a lot of the drawing style is very similar to what is in that kind of um, afterlife mm -hmm. section of Soul. Um, so yeah, it's, that, it's kind of like the line drawings and it's all on a kind of monochrome scale with this just yellow is the one highlight color. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really gorgeous to look at. I think you could pretty much take a frame from any moment in the game and you, you could put that on your wall because it looks amazing. Nice. Well, I, yeah. I want to know what you particularly liked about it. But the question I've also got in my head, which I will ask now, <laughs> if you forget, but you can answer it anytime you like, is just, do you think it would work better as a graphic novel? But tell me what you liked about it as well. Yeah, let me, yeah, I will answer that question. Save that. Yeah, I will, <laughs> I'll put a pin in that because I think that is what I thought the whole time I was playing it. But um, yeah, so what I loved about this game which I've touched on already, I guess, is the way it looks like the design is amazing. The visual design is amazing. The sound design is amazing, apart from one section, which I'll, I'll come on to later. Um, and the way, yeah, the transitions are just so inventive. Like the way that a chapter, I, I can't really, it's really weird. It's a game that doesn't have a really strong narrative, as in a story story. 
but I can't really talk about a lot of it without spoiling it. So <laughs> what I'll say is like some of the little chapters within the game, the way that you transition in and out of them is really, really cool. So the camera does amazing things. It really does feel like you're you're on a ride with the director of an art house noir that happens to be a video game. And mm -hmm. so uh, you feel like you have you are being directed. So even the things you point and click on, you can only point and click on maybe one or two things per frame that you're seeing. So a lot of the time you're like, what am I meant to click? What am I meant to click? But when you do get the thing, it is so cool the way that it kind of zooms you into the shot, flies you sideways, then suddenly your character drops down into an asteroid field, for example, and then you land on a tiny planet and then flowers pop up everywhere. But like the whole, mm. it's just so dynamic. It's really cool. And I just, like the whole beginning of the game, I was like, wow, wow, wow. Like a little kid, like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so that is all super positive. Um, and just some of the elements of the game were just so weird to be put into a game. Like there's a bit, Throughout the game, there's kind of a motif of popping bubbles and they're normally associated with alcohol because it's it's kind of got this noir feel. So he's occasionally slugging from a bottle or down in a, what looks like a whiskey um, and then bubbles appear. And then your job is to pop all the bubbles and then more bubbles appear and then you <laughs> pop them again. Now this sounds stupid and boring, but it's really relaxing and nice. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. like so bubble wrap yeah but there's things like that like you might be popping bubbles or you might be popping hearts or you might be popping flowers but there's this sort of trippy relaxation to it because it looks so gorgeous and the sound work is so good that while you're doing it you feel really relaxed and immersed in it mm -hmm. at no point did I know why I was doing it but I'll come on to that later <laughs> 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 but yeah in terms of the highlights of this game is very much all the inventive transitions the visual design the sound design and just the really ingenious kind of ways that they drop you into a new bit mm. of the game it made the interaction made me think that in a way this must be a lot of the experience of you know being something like an astronomer or an astrophysicist whereby you can't look through your telescope and see 27 things you can interconnect and make sense of. You spend ages looking for that one tiny thing, and then once you find it, you zoom in and all your attention is focused on that. That's what it made me think of as you were describing the interaction. Yeah, I think moments of it probably do echo that. Um, I almost... I've been re-watching a lot of David Lynch... Well, some David Lynch recently, and I almost feel like it's more like that. You know when there's just a random zoom into someone's face. <laughs> and then you just zoom out and you're somewhere else. Like, it's a bit more like that, where you're like, okay, and now I'm in this place. And sometimes you're in a place, like you're in a, and I'll call it a panel, because it is very much like a comic book. You end up in a panel and then you're like, you there is nothing to do in that panel. So then that that's another so it's really it's a really unusual game. Um mm -hmm. but yeah, it definitely Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Before 
can't talk Why don't you come on to the next bit about what wasn't uh, so good? Because I feel like there are threads you're trying to connect uh, in an order here. <laughs> yeah, so, so what I found a bit frustrating about this game is just not knowing what you're doing at any given time. So you you drop into the game with this introduction of a loose story. And I play a lot of games which have a loose narrative. I mean, we've talked about some before. I mean, in the Arty Immersal puzzle game episode you and I did a few months ago, we talked about that at length. So I don't have a problem with that having a loose narrative, but there were points where I was like, I literally don't know what the game is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it looks great and i'm kind of having fun but what is the game um so just as an example you'll drop into a panel sometimes and you'll just sit there and not quite know what to do and your clicker doesn't do anything and so you've got this little cursor which is sometimes there and sometimes not there so sometimes there's a really slow cut scene so you're like i'm not sure if i need to wait a little bit before the cutscene unfolds or Mm -hmm. sometimes the cursor's only there after a little bit of time because you just have to watch a very very brief animation because the character's kind of always alive that's a really nice thing about it so when you drop into another panel um, or another scene you're there's always something alive there there's always something going on whether it's sort of a space-based scene or a nature-based scene and it, it sort of takes you through all these these different sort of chapters um like one's called the hunt and um i can't even remember the names of them now i should have written that down but like yeah there's all these different chapters that relate to survival and evolution and the big bang and you drop into them and sometimes you just don't really know what you're doing um and other times you know what you need to do like you know you need to collect an object but you can't see the object and you don't know how to, because they're kind of panels, you have to sort of click in and out of them. Um, So the panel, imagine it's like a frame on a film and you can click to the right and then the panel will sort of either expand so you'll get more of a widescreen view or it will allow you to move from one side to the other or sometimes it will scroll left or right. But it's never the same, which is one of the good things about the game. But it's also one of the things that becomes very confusing. Sometimes it feels like the click action doesn't quite work. And we were trying to figure out whether this was buggy, but it shouldn't be for such a small game, really mm. having so many, having a bug problem. Or whether the click spots were just so precise, but without any actual visual marker sometimes that you were just missing them. So often we'd be clicking, mm-hmm. clicking, 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 like what's going on, what's going on? And then after sometimes 10 minutes, something would just change and then suddenly we'd be into the next panel. And often, more often than felt right, we had no idea what we'd done to move the game on. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so that I'd say was the biggest frustration of the game. Um, you just didn't quite know whether you were doing something wrong or whether the game just didn't work in that moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's a, that was the sort of biggest um, negative, which sort of ran through the whole game really. And the other thing is just because this world was so complex and so well rendered and just so, I'm going to keep saying sensual, but sensual. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it really was. 
Sensual. Sensual. That was just a bit of ASMR. ASMR. Sen- sensual. Sensual gaming. Um, but because that's ten thousand likes right there. Oh yeah. Oh, right. I mean, let's just do more of that. Um, yeah, but because the game was so sensual, you felt. I felt personally a disconnection between the amount of sensory stimulation you're bombarded with and the amount of playability you're given, which is very mm-hmm. little. So that to me became more annoying as I went through because initially I was sort of was like, oh, this is an amazing game. I'm just along for a ride. And I don't mind that. I read I read digital um, comics quite a lot. And on a lot of, especially on iPad type comic readers, you can put it onto a setting where it's almost sort of directed for you. So it will zoom into a panel, zoom out, like the way it scrolls over to a panel. Like I'm used to that way of reading, um, especially with something so visually stimulating. But it became too much of that mm-hmm. after a while. Um, yeah, and I just, we increasingly, like Alex and I, my partner and I played this together and we just, towards the end of the game, we were like, oh, this is getting really tedious now. Because we're just mm. like, click, click, click. What are we meant to do? Click, 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 click. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so does that sort of, um, do those issues with mechanics affect who you would recommend it for? Like, is there anything else we need to know about who, like, who is it aimed at even maybe? But And did they... Did they land for that audience or is it for someone else? I I don't know who this is aimed at. I can see that this is a passion project. And I think that if you appreciate the visuals of film noir or, you know, noir comics, you will appreciate this because there's so much richness in there pulled from, from those genres. So I wouldn't not recommend this. Um, And I probably would recommend it to people who enjoy point and click games. But that is the game. Like you're just clicking. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you look at this game and think that it might be a kind of more puzzle based adventure. Which I feel like it is at points. There is a bit of puzzling. Um, I think that you'll you might end up like me by the end, like really loving it initially because it's so different to anything else you played, and then by the end being a bit like, what did I actually do in this game? Because I feel like I just watched something really, really slowly unfolding, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fine. But it's strange because there are parts of the game where you are quite active. So I just want to um, pick up on a couple of bits, moments of note in the game before I, before I move on to like ratings and stuff. So they do this really cool thing with with the, the jazz as well, where you actually get a whole kind of chapter where you get to interact with music, which really, I think, ties the soundtrack and the sound work throughout the music together. And then they pick that up again at the end with a slightly different style of music. But there are bits where you just get to have a whole jazz improv session, and that's with a, within a chapter called Improvisation. And that is one of the coolest things I've ever done in a game. You just have like a big interactive panel of stuff, kind of piano notes, kind of like flowers and symbols. And so, and you just get to like play them in any way you want. 
and there's like a background mm. track and you just improvise with it and it's really cool and that's a strand of the game then there's another strand of the game where you're kind of out with the planets and you're sort of connecting stars you're almost um building sort of like little galaxies and stuff and that's sort of a bit puzzly because they can only connect to certain stars like there's a white star and a yellow star and a gray star and that and you have to kind of connect them all together in a certain way to then light everything up this was amazing so there were bits like that where i was like this is so cool and it's really hard to describe but it was so the whole screen was full of stuff and everything was alive and you got to interact with it and what mm. you did changed the way it sound or look, sounded or looked. And that was just so good. But then the bulk of the game, you can't affect anything. All you're doing just a click and then it's transitioning forward and then a click and then transitioning all the way back out of the same thing that you've just gone forwards in. And having Sounds to very much like life, Jen. Uh, Sounds very much like really? life. Going back Nothing to you can morning. do will change it. It's just, uh, it's just click and move on. <laughs> Thanks, Tesco delivery. <laughs> Other supermarkets are available. Yeah, so I don't know if there's anything else that I need to say. I don't even know if has this made any sense to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand it. Perhaps because I'm familiar <laughs> with uh, these kinds of antics as well. But I think it made sense. Before you go to your rating, yeah. um, I want to remind you of my earlier question. Yeah. And then also if there's anything else you wanted to throw in. So your earlier question was, would this have been better as a graphic novel? It kind of is a graphic novel, is my answer to that. So I think that if you are totally cool to just go along with the ride and be directed by someone else, which is sort of weird for a video game, um, that you feel like you're you feel like you're riding on someone else's camera and on someone mm -hmm. else's actions a bit then yeah play it like it is really really i can't um stress enough how unique this game is i really haven't played anything like it before um would it also make a good just standalone graphic novel yeah yeah i'm sure it would it would look it would look gorgeous and as i said i'd hang any frame from it up on my wall because it looks awesome um Nice. Yeah. Very, very enticing. <laughs> uh, very enticing descriptions, I feel. Give us some hard numbers then. Um, so for me, it's really hard. At the beginning of this, I absolutely loved it. And then by the end, I was exhausted. So I think it wore me down to a seven. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it's always hard to review things which aren't typical of a genre because you can't be yeah. as comparative right but that seems fair yeah i think i think because yeah i kind of if i'm just rating everything except the gameplay it would be like a nine because everything mm -hmm. else is amazing but the gameplay just wasn't there and mm -hmm. also this kind of clicking issue and just some of the repetition of things you had to click gets very very dull and it also yeah. has about three endings, which it doesn't need. So, <laughs> but I think that, um, yeah, if you're into that kind of genre and you like the artwork, just play it. It's not very long. It's probably, probably took us about four hours. Mm -hmm. We had a bit of a bug at the end, which meant the last hour just kept freezing. Um, but I don't know if that was our, our system or the game, but yeah, 
yeah, just just play it. Like I would recommend it. Good. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I may very well do that. It's already on my list. I already <laughs> yeah. put it on my list for later. Some fair, I think you. Time. I think you will enjoy like, it. Yeah. It yeah. I think you'll see what I mean, but you'll probably. I like new experiences. Yeah. 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 Um. So I feel like I've just sucked all the energy out of this now. <laughs> <laughs> like a black hole herself. Well, yes. Yes, there is a lot of black hole in the game. Wasn't a your, lot. Wasn't that your name in uni? <laughs> black hole? Was that because I spaghettified everything? Is that a racist slur? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't meant to be, but sure. Yeah, it's, it's the spaghetti angle. <laughs> Whenever I think of, even while we were playing the I, game, it mentioned um, a bubble theory. And I was like, what about spaghettification? Spaghettification. What so? No, I was going to say it's because there was no real proof of your existence beyond Stephen Hawking's writings. <laughs> <laughs> Does she exist? Does was she I, not? Was I mentioned in Stephen Hawking's, mm, not in yeah. Stephen Hawking's work? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. There was no proof that you existed before then. (laughs) (laughs) That's the wonder of physics. Well, on that note, we should wrap this up. Um, So, yeah, two really different games we talked about today. Um, So thank you very much for listening. Go and check them out. Let us know what you think as well. Uh, One is free, one is free free if you've got game pass so they're both kind of free um yeah check them out let us know what you think slap the trout slap the trout (laughs) trout slapping fun times and thank you very much again tim for joining us on my turn podcast um and uh, thank you for listening please give us a uh subscribe it's very easy just click the button subscribe really helps us out And if you are feeling generous, we'd love a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us get seen. So thank you very much for listening, and um, it's bye from me. Sensual. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Catch you next time.